and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 75 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Jeffrey, it is night one of Boom Goes the Dynamite Mania. We're here, we're live, <laughs> we're wearing tuxedos. Um, there are a shockingly large amount of people in the arena. There shouldn't be this many people, but here we are. It's night one. And half of us will get fired by the end of the week. Half of us are going to be fired. The other half will have the novel coronavirus. Indeed. So, so uh, when last we left off, uh, we were speaking upon uh, Mania Weekend. And uh, as night one of WrestleMania was uh, being delayed. And uh, yeah, so apparently the main event was really good. Yeah, I, I did watch night one of WrestleMania. I didn't catch night two, but uh, the from main I, event of night heard, one, nothing, nothing really happened on night two. From what I heard. yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot to write home about on night two apparently. But yeah, the the story of night one. Well, two stories emerged from night one. Chief among them, the main event, uh, a match between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair that was spectacular. We're big fans of women's wrestling, and uh, you know, big proponents of AEW. Featuring women's wrestling more prominently, given the talent that they have on the roster. We talk about it a lot on this podcast, so we'd be remiss not to mention this match, because regardless of what promotion it's in, it was just a great wrestling match. Um, I think anyone, you know, if you're an AEW fan and you're not tuning in to WWE at the moment, I would recommend seeking that one out and and watching that match and just watching great, not just women's wrestling, but wrestling in general. Uh, it was a fantastic match. Uh, you know, obviously the biggest match on the biggest night of their biggest show and it really delivered. Uh, and as you know, we talked about the momentum that AEW's women's division has been gaining, uh, from the over the last couple months, you look over at you know the biggest promotion in the world, and they're doing it. So you have no excuses, right? You got to keep that train moving. Yeah, and we've been talking about that ever since the Britt Baker versus uh, Thunder Rosa lights out match. Yeah, that's um, like where you can kind of see a turning point, and, and really the women's division getting the the ball rolling in a way it's needed to for almost two years now. Uh, and we're we are seeing that, but when you look over at WWE and you see them, they're doing it. And, you know, there's a lot to criticize about WWE as far as uh, ethical and moral decisions and some of the things, you know, that they have a history of doing. But they are featuring women's wrestling much more prominently than AEW is right now. Still, uh, that's just the truth. It's just facts. Well, that, no, I mean, there, 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 there's no argument against that. I mean, it, it is the truth. Uh, that being said, uh, we'll bring this up again later in this very episode. Um, I did hear related... That the bad bunny, the matchup bad bunny was in was fantastic. 
I Dang. yeah, I thought it really delivered, Jeff. Absolutely. And we like celebrity wrestling too. We really enjoyed the Shaq match here. Oh, the Shaq match. When, the Shaq match was awesome. <laughs> you know, I've talked about um, you know, the times I've seen Stephen Amell wrestle. I've always been really impressed with him. And when guys that don't wrestle, like really, you know, you can tell they care and they put the work in. And, you know, by all accounts, Bad Bunny, you know, moved himself over to buy the performance center for the last couple of months and has been training there quite frequently on really getting himself prepped for this, you know, since uh the Royal Rumble. So he's been down there for months getting ready for it and the work really showed that it paid off uh everyone did a great job everyone in it was uh really delivered that it was booked really great and yeah bad bunny can sell he really had a, a good feel for it i mean being a guy who's like a really good showman and has great stage presence you know uh when he's performing you know uh, as a recording artist uh it it does make sense because those skills do translate but he really found his way in this match it was it was fun as hell now that said again i mean i from what i understand night two had a whole bunch of nothing on it um, yeah there was some stuff but whatever i didn't i heard <laughs> i heard raw the next i heard raw this week was awful i think it's going to be really jarring for people to go back to the thunderdome after they saw you know a thirty thousand people in a stadium at wrestlemania yeah and, I, think, but, I don't think it's going to be easy for the fans but then also uh nxt is now on Tuesdays, officially, as yes. of as of my my birthday, which was this past no Tuesday, no longer are competing, and it seems that the needle moved for AEW positively a little more dramatically than it did for NXT thus far. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the show because we okay. because we like to do things chronologically on this show. We do like chronology. Um, I I just want to point out one thing about that NXT show that I what the I time saw. is a flat circle. Or... Well, that too, but also, um, Kushida. Winning the cruiserweight title, I still remember he left New Japan because he wanted to be more than just a junior heavyweight wrestler. Well, and, and, they and, shouldn't have went to WWE, man. Like, uh, duh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. It sounds so, like a professional oversight there. Well, um, you I know, did it, hear, it, I did hear he made the move to wrestling tights. Um. Oh, did he? I, that I didn't know. So he's not wearing the the, the the shorts anymore. Yeah, he uh, he pulled a a little Kazu got them long boys move. Oh boy, oh no! Still, wow. that that tweet came back into circulation when Kushida had the tights on the uh, the the famous Trent tweet during Wrestle Kingdom in 2018. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> little Kazu got them long boys. Yeah, I, I do. One of the best that. wrestling tweets. It's so perfect. Trent's got a great account, man. Oh, if but you know, a, oh, but you know if what? You're a wrestling fan, you got to be following Trent. Oh, but you know what was better though was that that next Wrestle Kingdom and uh, Folly. Did an edit uh, when, when Okada, you know, revealed he he went back to the short boys. Yes, and and, 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 and Folly edited that World Cup video. Wait, that was Folly <laughs> that made that. I I don't know if he made it, but he he certainly was the one who was tweeted. He the guy that like shared it around first. He was the oh, one who shared it around. Yeah. That one's really famous because Dave Meltzer fell for it and thought it was real. Yeah, exactly. And it was very funny. But yeah, I knew that was a World Cup viewing video. Right. It was, I think it was from like a USA match. Well, you actually. know about the footy. That's true. Uh, yeah, well, that 2014 USA run, man, had bars like hyped. Dude, I remember I was being in a bar in, in Michigan during that uh, during that 2014 World Cup run and uh, the game against Belgium, I want to say. The place was hype. Oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah. Well, we, was we what, got a quarterfinal? Uh, it was the, it was the first of the knockout, so it wasn't a quarterfinal. But, so but round we, of thirty-two, or round of sixteen, round, round, of, 16. round of thirty-two. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that match mostly for uh, when they because it went to extra time. When they faded up, es you know ABC and ESPN clearly showed Aiden Hazard throwing up on the field. Well, <laughs> so you know, it's a big up. moment. 
So yeah. Um, also, but no, that 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 2014 World Cup that was massive because I I we went to a couple of uh, restaurant and bar viewing parties and the uh, one of the bars would not let my son be part of the area That's because because he you know he was under 21. But here's the thing. He said, no, it was the promotion that was running it that wouldn't let him do it. The uh, owner of the bar, which, by the way, was a bar I worked at for 10 years. So, yeah, everybody <laughs> knew me there. And wow. so they, they 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 made a special arrangement, like, right outside the viewing. It was an outdoor thing. Right outside the viewing area, somebody pulled up a bar chair and just had my son sit there so he could watch <laughs> the game with us. So we all so we, finds a way. So we, we all congregated. The cooperative <laughs> right efforts of a society united by the footy. And God, Fantastic. yeah, the best time to be. Yeah, that, that really was the best time to be an American soccer fan. It, it was it, so it, much. Oh, it, it was, and especially when, uh, you know, even though we nearly had that game, that was the game where Ronaldo scored like at the death. To, to it was a it was a two two draw between America and uh, between the USA and Portugal. And yeah. when, when Clint Dempsey scored that go ahead goal with his groin, basically. <laughs> The yeah. the entire the entire uh, the groin of God, if you the, will. The, the entire viewing area w- was singing. He scores with his dick. He scores with his dick. Clint <laughs> Dempsey. He scores with his dick. So- Fantastic. <laughs> Sometimes being a soccer fan is just like they, they do really have it ahead of other fandoms with the singing and stuff. I would like to see more singing at American sports, especially wrestling. Whenever like Brit fans like do like good like wrestle songs, those are gonna be really fun. You know um, the, the thing is, fans are very polarizing. I think like they're 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 up and down. Like uh, I think the whole style of like chanting and cheering for British wrestling uh, is not for everybody. But sometimes when they're on, man. Well, I'll on. tell you what. Um, first of all, by the way, uh, Major League Soccer kicked off this weekend. Uh, <laughs> if, anybody, yeah, if anybody cares about that, uh, ha- spoilers for anybody who doesn't listen to busting balls. I really don't. <laughs> I have far better. Well, I care about MLS though. Not to, I know we're derailing this podcast with soccer talk, but um, I want to care about MLS. Like, I would love American soccer to be just like there was like that mid aughts moment, like five, six, seven years ago, when a lot of like aging stars were coming to MLS teams for short terms. Oh yeah, famously Chicharito with the Chicago Fire. Uh, spent some time there. Right. Uh, well, I Bastian Schweinsteiger. Yeah, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Uh, Thierry Henry with the New York Red Bulls. Yeah. Uh, so there, there was a lot of that going on. Well, I think um, what I, th- I think what killed that was Zlatan Ibrahimovic going to LA Galaxy because yeah he scored some fabulous goals but he he clearly did not give a shit and he would like refuse to play matches if they were played on astroturf so he wouldn't play. Well, I mean, if you're a Zlatan Ibrahimovic fan, I don't think you're gonna like tell everybody that he's like known for his like effort and work ethic. He's just really, really, really good at kicking the ball. Right. Like he's kind of he's kind of a d bag in most other respects. I mean, you know, pro athletes though. <laughs> right. All right. But anyway, are, but the, like the last soccer, thing I was going to welcome the last thing to bust balls west. The last thing I want to say the last thing I want to say though about the chanting during wrestling matches is that I, the the most original one we've heard in the last ten years because let's face it, most wrestling chants suck. A lot of them. They are awful, and we're done. The best one in the last... The thing about being a wrestling fan is it's cringe in general. Like, if you're being a wrestling fan vocally in any way, you're probably being cringe. But that's fine. That's what it's all about. 
Um, the best one had to have been during the the uh, the, the, the Kip and Penelope wedding with Miro giving his speech saying "What is love?" and then the entire arena is only going, "Baby, don't fun. hurt." That was good. That was a good spontaneous yes, chant. Like that was that good. One. And the uh, and the classic Bailey one, uh, the "Hey Bailey, ooh ah, I wanna know." Oh yeah. That one's very fun. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that. Well, there, there's variations of that at football matches too. So yeah. Yes, but using it for Bailey specifically, I thought was was great. It worked really well. It was a, that was a really good wrestling moment. Anyway, we we we've gotten way off the rails here. So let's bring this back on topic. Did you watch Dark Elevation or Dark this week? Yeah. So um, this is really interesting. I learned learned a lot uh, through this viewing experience, Jeff. So replicants are bioengineered humans designed by the Tyrell Corporation for use of off-world. Their enhanced strength made them ideal slave labor. And after a series of violent rebellions, their manufacture became prohibited and Tyrell Corp went bankrupt. The collapse of ecosystems in the mid-2020s led to the rise of industrials Neander Wallace, whose mastery of synthetic farming averted famine. Wallace acquired the remains of Tyrell Corp. Fuck, this is Blade Runner 2049. Ah, uh, you know, following up as much as much as I love Blade Runner, the original and, and have very many thoughts about that. I, I did see Blade Runner 2049 in the theaters. I, I, it's not that I'm not glad that I did. It's just I didn't think that movie was good. Some movies are just too long, Jeff. Yeah, well, it was very, very long. And I uh, there, now there were certain things about it that I liked. Like the fact that again the the ecological collapse. So you remember in Blade Runner, it was constantly raining. Well, now in twenty forty nine, it's snowing in L A. I thought that was a good touch, honestly. Yeah, I mean we're gonna there, there's I mean the global climate change thing will lead it to an ice age. Like that's like the whole biggest problem with what we're doing to cook the planet is that we're gonna just like drastically accelerate the cycles at which the planet moves. So we're going to get an ice age like thousands and thousands of years faster than we were supposed to. And that continuing cycle of being things being out of whack will eventually lead to the planet just being completely uninhabitable. Right. But the thing is, is that, you know, Blade Runner, the first one was, it was, it was sci-fi. Yes, but it was really past teaching like old twenties, thirties and forties film noir. Right. right, you know, yeah. detective movies, even down to like yeah, to like one going. of the characters even talking like you know, like a you know, like like some sort of street talk, like eh, hey, yeah, she, like, yeah, hey, yeah, like that, like Leo G. Carroll or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the problem is, is that Blade Runner twenty four. Dame walked into my office, and that's I right. Yeah, yeah, right. So the problem is that Blade Runner twenty forty nine was pastiching Blade Runner. You know. Okay, fair. Yeah, fair. So this could easily turn into a Ridley Scott podcast. So let's talk about wrestling now. Now, mind you, uh, I now mind you, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Who is the lead? Shit. I can't think of his name. Suddenly he was also, Ford? no, no. He was also in drive. You know, that oh, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling. Thank you. I don't know why I blanked his name. Suddenly mm. uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, really fucking good at it. I'll he's good that. in pretty much everything he's in. It, it, but... Dude can act. All right. Dude can act. So I'm guessing you did not watch dark elevation or dark. Nope. Nope. Okay, cool. Well, then, <laughs> we will go, not quite live, to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, for episode 75 of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We start off with a pre-taped Young Bucks promo, basically trying to ask the why Bucks why question without actually saying why Bucks why. And the answer to that is, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. We don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But they want to show us our their 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 new better version of themselves. I'm like, 
I'm already my my eyes already are firmly planted inside my. <laughs> my well, I, hold that thought because I think that they changed a few minds over the course of their match uh, in in this. Uh, <laughs> Excuse whoops, you. I am excused. Um, with this uh, in the course of the match that they had tonight, uh, I don't know. I think this is the right type of character change. I like this version of the Bucks better than the other version. Like this is more interesting to me. Well, they never should have been baby faces. Ever. Yeah, probably not. A- ever. But, no, uh, nobody in the elite should ever have but, been baby faces. Uh, but having that little run does make this turn and change in character and progression more interesting. So you have to have these things. It's like, you know, what's going on with Chris Jericho right now, just on the other side of the spectrum, right? That uh, heal the baby face, vice versa. You have to have the arc. Well, we'll get into that here shortly. But uh, before we do that, we get a backstage segment with uh, Mike Tyson and MJF. And uh, MJF basically tries to hand uh, Mike Tyson a blank check to uh, to throw the match, to which, yeah, I don't think Mike Tyson really needs the money, <laughs> honestly. Maybe, maybe not, because he did fight Roy Jones a couple months ago. Oh, that's true. That is true. So, And he's going to, it sounds like he's going to fight Evander Holyfield again. Oh, boy. I, I'm sure that won't be problematic in any way, shape, or form. It would be really funny if they just went full pro wrestling and did a fake ear biting spot. Oh my god! Oh Jesus! They should just they should just lean in. Just do it. Just do it. Nothing. Nothing matters in combat sports anymore. Like you know, we could probably derail this podcast again by talking about uh, tonight's uh, Logan Paul or I'm sorry, Jake Paul and Ben Askren fight. Um, which oh, that's I will be wa- Yeah, I will be watching because I am a pig. I am I'm a I'm a sloppy <laughs> sloppy hog that needs to be just fed my goop. Um, <laughs> you, you, you said just, it, not me. Yeah, this is what I deserve uh, as a, as a boxing fan and combat sports fan because uh, we're we're all just sickos. Um, <laughs> and I, you know what? I kind of lost. Yes. Where I was <laughs> yes. Yep, that's me. That's me watching boxing at this point. Is the guy through the window? The mean. <laughs> it's me. I'm sickos. Anyway, uh, Mike Tyson tears up the blank check, and then we fade. I thought this was well done by MJF, though. He carried the shit out of this segment. Uh, he did. And, like, Tyson, Tyson's been in movies and stuff, like, has a little bit of acting instinct, and, like, his timing was pretty good. Uh, but MJF, like, I thought being, like, the super fast talky guy, like, uh, up against, like, a Mike Tyson that was, like, kind of high energy and, like, ready to fight, I thought the dynamic was good there, and this was, like, a well-put-together little backstage segment. Uh, we then go to our first match of the evening, the AEW World Tag Team Champion. Uh, your champions, uh, Matt and Nick, Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, against... Hashtag not my champions. Against two uh, two corners of El Triangulo de la Muerte, uh, the bastard Billy Fish, Big Fish Bollocks Pack, and Ray Phoenix. So if, uh, they're, if they're just two of the Death Triangle, are they just Death Line? Uh, no, the, no, no, I mean, there has to be an angle. No, there's an angle there already. But a then de- it's a death angle. Death angles like death, uh, acute angle. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It would exactly. have to be an acute angle if we want to keep the triangle situation. That, that's true. Yes. So death, acute angle. Yes. Death, acute angle. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I will admit this was a different young box match. I will yeah. admit it was a different Young Bucks match, and I, I I didn't dislike it because of that. 
Um, this is like what I I respect about the Young Bucks is that they can do this and they can do it pretty seamlessly. We've talked about for especially for like over the, you know since I probably joined this podcast about when you get a I Young think Bucks we, I don't think we're hitting are, are we hitting like the, the year anniversary of that or probably something? We're pretty close to it. I think <laughs> so. Yeah. Close. At least when I started uh, like filling in. Um, but yeah, yeah we, like we've talked about like when you get a Young Bucks match like this era of the Young Bucks, you pretty much know what you're getting, right? It's like a pizza. Like even their worst matches are still going to be like enjoyable on a level. They, you know, made the adjustments to their characters and they like turned things on their head and subverted things like in just the right ways and uh, made this match. Yeah, really interesting to see them and, and to see Death Triangle working babyface because we've seen them mostly presented as heels during their run. True. Um, that being, yeah, they didn't do like any of the fan favorite spots or anything like that. They, but they explicitly mocked one of their fan favorite spots, which I thought was really good. They did um, at that. So yeah, so well, that, I thought that was great. Like, well, I mean, and, and again, it's fine. They never should have been baby faces to begin with. So, um, that being said, you know, it's, it, it's a shame that they made this one, the match, they made the, they made the, the tag team championship match that because it made it obvious that there was no way that Pac and Phoenix were going to win this, and well, which, which they which they did not, which they did not by virtue of a mask pull, and which great great finish, honestly really great finish because it sucks. It's a great finish because of how much it sucks. Yeah, I mean it completely sucks, but yeah, I mean yeah, it, it, like it goes point. in it goes into the storyline, but then. Yeah, I mean, again, the, the the this was to showcase the new version of the Bucks. That that's all this was. It was it showcase not... it. It did, and mission accomplished. Um, with all that being said, um, I I have a question, and uh, hold on, I gotta look at something here. Uh, okay, all right, you know what? I'll I'll save this for later in the program. I I, I have oh, a question about that's this. a tease, folks. I'll save that for later in the program. Professional but... broadcasters. But the uh, the the Bucks retain the the World Tag Team Championships to the surprise of nobody, and uh, yeah. So and now uh, El Triangle de la Muerte had to start back at the bottom or some shit. I don't think they're ever at the bottom. This is a top tag team. This will remain a top tag team. They may not take be taking the title from the Bucks, but they will be in some iteration. Two of those three guys will be tag team champions. I absolutely guarantee it. It's uh, you can mark it. It's probably going to happen sometime in 2021, but if not in 2022, for sure. Um, and they might even go Freebird rules. Those are my bold predictions. We then go backstage for uh, what's supposed to be an interview with Adam Page in the Dark Order, and it completely derails into John Silver announcing he'll be back in four to six weeks. And John Silver just fucking rules. He's so much fun. Yeah, the uh, the lift your arm segment and everyone cheering him on. That oh, was yeah. really um, yeah, it was just a wholesome. It's and like Dark Order being this wholesome so naturally, like everybody's like chemistry and energy, like really is like a wholesome feel. So to present them this way is the smartest thing you can do because it's very authentic. Yeah, you know, even back when you know. Right after Anna Jay had gotten injured, and you have John Silver being like, "Oh well, you know, we could never replace Anna," and then Maki Ito just shows up, and they're like, "Hey!" <laughs> well, actually, but you know, it I, is Maki that's Ito. The, so. That's the meme of like the uh, the dude turning his head away, like from one of them's Anna Jay and turning their head towards Maki Ito. Has anyone done that yet? Uh, I don't. You know, has what? anyone done the? Uh, Alex I don't Reynolds know. Is, yeah, I don't know yet. I think maybe. Hey, have we got any meme Smith listeners? Any meme lords out there? <laughs> Copy paste Anna J. If you're a meme lord, one, stop calling yourself that. Two, please make this meme for me. Um, can we also just point out uh, Adam Page's shirt was 
was a knockout. Every time. Every, Every single time. Boy, oh boy, does he have the, the fashion. <laughs> he's, he's just has the fashion. A lot of, a lot of good fashion in this episode, actually. Uh, we then get a uh, backstage segment uh, interview with the inner circle and Mike Tyson. And, it, and you know, it was what it was. And uh, Speaking of good fashion, really, I did like Tyson's pink shorts. Yeah, <laughs> that was a look. Uh, like he had the, he had like the uh, like the I'm going to the country club, not to golf, but to like kind of hang out. <laughs> just and, just and drink, I, and I respect uh, that. Drink yeah, have, a, like, yeah. have an Arnold, yeah, having an Arnold Palmer, maybe like a club sandwich. There you go. Uh, anyway, uh, the inner circle says that they have a lot to to atone for, and it's going to start now. So there you go. Atonement. When you become the Judas in your mind, you have to find your way out. Uh, our second match of the evening. Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Yeah. Jade Cargill fucking rocks. Woo! Yeah, this is like Red Velvet also really good. I think these two she was these really two good. being interconnected like this so early can plant the seeds for a years long rivalry. Like this could be like it like like an like an Orton Cena type situation that, you know, a well you can continue like Mox and uh, Kenny. Right. Would be the AEW equivalent of what we can do here. And it's even the added benefit of them growing together, being on the early side of their wrestling careers. You're going to see them as foes back and forth, I think, for a long time. And I think it's going to be really great for us, the fans, um, especially, you know, if AEW is in it for the long haul. These are the things you have to start thinking. And about. this is the, and this is what Jade's only what fourth match, I think they said third or fourth. Yeah, she's only had a handful. I think she like this, literally this is our third on dynamite. I think she had one on dark, didn't she? I think she had one on dark. It was, I think she squashed, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the mean girl, Kenzie page, Kenzie, whatever. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. in any event, Jay Cargill gets the win. Not quite a squash, but at this point, maybe it should have been a complete squash. I wouldn't call it a squash. Red Red got some spots in there. Really nice. Okay. Um, yeah, no, she, she looks strong, but Jade, like they're presenting her the way that they should be. Um, yeah, once again... Uh, Although I do, I will say this, I still am a strong proponent of getting her a manager, but like a really top-of-the-line manager. Uh, who would that be, though? Uh, like, as far as who they have right now, like, in the promotion? Yeah. Do I have to pick someone that's that's currently signed to AEW? It might make things a little easier. Everything else... It, otherwise, it would just be speculation. Yeah, if I had to pick somebody on the roster currently to manage Jade, or at least someone adjacent enough... It'd probably be Vicky Guerrero, but that's just like a top and guess right now. Okay, she's done such a great job with Nyla Rose. I think that type of presentation would be would would work really well. My first thought, because and again, this is just because I think the Brock Lesnar comparisons are apt. Like she needs Paul Heyman or the closest thing to Paul Heyman you can get. Okay, okay. Um, I I still love the fact that she uses the the Dodon as her finish, and so yeah. there therefore. Ruska Taguchi waking up in the middle of the night, just absolutely, <laughs> just a- okay, wait, 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 absolutely wait, wait, hot and bothered, up. but doesn't know why. Yeah, okay. I can back this train up okay. a little bit. Awesome Kong. Oh, oh. They signed. She's not wrestling. She is a great promo. She's glow an is even over. better actor. Yeah, and Glow is over, so. Glow, yeah. Okay. What about Awesome Kong managing Jade? You know what? I, I'm here for it. Love that. That would be that would yeah, be good. No, I'm really into that. We then transition this into a promo with uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, and with uh, with Reba, and uh, yeah, basically Britt is just trying to go up the chain to uh, 
to try to get her shot at the title, which she still has not had a shot at since uh, since this heel turn. Yep, keep holding her back. Uh, it will make the payoff that much greater. And I also think that when she gets her title shot, she's winning. So. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I how... the next title shot, she gets the belt. Yeah. Oh, most likely. I think that's why we haven't seen a title change, and it's why we probably won't see one, unfortunately, this coming Wednesday. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. I know. You gotta believe. <laughs> I try to. Speaking yeah. of believe, um, we talked about some of those uh, big. Cuts by WWE. Actually, uh, no, we did the last week. Actually, no, we did. We did. Well, we did mention that half the people got fired. Oh, that's true. We did. Um, okay, so a lot of people got fired. One of whom, one uh, uh, Taylor Rotunda, you may know as Bo Dallas. Correct. Bo Dallas is really good, Jeff. If there is like one wrestler I could pick, like of the spate of of firings from WWE to go to AEW, it would be Bo Dallas. And I'm seriously even over Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is great, but I think if you get Samoa Joe, you want him part time or in like one big featured like few month shot. Mm, and treat him like a really big kind of deal but if i could like pick one because bo dallas is like 30 or 31 maybe he's young um he you know in in wrestling terms he's still got a lot of years left he's super talented uh i I think that's like a really good signing at the end of the day like you're getting you get samoa joe you're not going to get a whole lot left out of the tank there yeah okay true um, I, I've seen also, the... I would love to see Samoa Joe not sign anywhere and just take a few more big matches like in different places. I'd love to see Samoa Joe work. Yeah, in that, Japan. W- that would I'd work. love to see him do a couple of big indie spots. I'd love to see him go back to ring of honor for one big shot. Yeah, that, that would be good. No, no, I, I, I yeah, th- th- there's merits to that. The other, the one I've heard a lot of talk about was, was Callisto, you know, the Sam- samurai <laughs> del sol. Mm, yeah. Um, I- He's a, he's kind of a botch machine though. I mean, mm. it's because but it's because he takes big risks. So I like I do respect well, it. Like he's not always successful, but he's very creative and will try anything. Right, but there's also the the matter of, you know, he, you know, you know, Samurai Del Sol got over and noticed doing one particular style and then has spent like the last seven years being told that, no, the style is wrong and you do, need to do this. Got to do a good lucha thing. Yeah, so we'll see. Um our third match of the evening uh Somebody, I, I think it was Cole Carter was his name, up against up against Anthony Ogogo. Uh, Anthony Ogogo, the former Olympiad, the boxer. governor. I love that. The, I love the nickname. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, this was a, a very. Governor. This was a very quick match with a with a, with a kidney punch as. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, Jeff. Let let me ask you, what'd you think of this match? Well, I mean, it was a quick one, but yeah, Anthony Agogo, I mean, he looked good in his debut, but, you know, it, it was a jobber squash. We, It is what it is, you know? Jeff, I loved it. I loved it. I thought this is, like, the best way to do this. You showed oh, yeah, you it is. I, moves, I agree. Right? Like, you did, you did a few wrestling moves. You got a little bit in, a couple of collar and elbows, some little stuff here and there to show, hey, this guy's been, you know practicing professional wrestling and then you had him immediately do the thing that he does which is knock people out with body shots this guy had 350 professional uh, or amateur boxing matches or 300 and something 180 knockouts he's like uh he's a knockout machine and you know you're wearing headgear how do you think he was knocking people out yeah this is a bot like this is a really cool thing i thought it was great the one thing that they missed on that they could have presented better as far as like for the viewing audience don't stop it that quickly. It's a pro wrestling match. I thought 
they could have milked that, like had him hit that punch and had the guy kind of writhe on the ground and not move for a little while longer and really like hammer home what happened. You know what I mean? Stopping it that quickly, like like it's a mixed martial arts type thing, you know, it's just not pro wrestling to me, right? Okay, okay. I, I see what you're getting at. But, you know, and, and especially, for, and I think that's where the disconnect, because it was, I think it was a polarizing spot and a polarizing match. Some people were not feeling it, which, again, I thought it was awesome. But, yeah, there's some presentation things you can do there, and I think they'll get better at presenting Anthony as, like, you figure out who exactly Anthony is as a wrestler. One thing I definitely know about him, he's super talented. This is a guy that can go really go places with The Factory. What do you think of the name, The Factory? Uh, a little generic. I think. Yeah, I mean, I get it because it was the Nightmare Factory, but like, so we talked about this earlier off pod, and I want to bring this uh, this little fantasy book onto pod, this, you know, what if, what could have been, what you should have done moment. Instead of just the factory, if you really want to get some heat and make a cool name and do something out of this, but still kind of retain that identity, what about the Dream Factory? Ooh. Yeah, right, that, that, that would have brought some Cody's heat, yes. Cody's Nightmare Factory. So you do that, and you can say, you know, it was a nightmare working for you and you being the boss. It was a nightmare. Here we're making dreams come true. So that's why I'm calling it the Dream Factory. Yeah, and yeah. then just don't even acknowledge Dusty or anything. Just say that and let let Cody get mad. I think that would rock. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that that is it. I think didn't somebody. Uh... I think somebody passed around a uh, a meme the other day. It was like a screen grab from an old WWE game and I had Cody on it. And it, it, I think that the Twitter caption was something like Cody shell and Cody Rhodes in a nutshell. And then it just had the caption of I'm the son of dusty Rhodes." <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, damn. Don't damn. make me Cody defend, which I did extensively on Twitter this week for fun. Why did you do that? Because, okay. I'll tell you why, Jeff. I'm oh, glad you asked. God damn it. <laughs> for a couple reasons. One, because most of my Cody defenses are just true and correct and the right take. So that's the most important part. Two. Boring. The opposite. This is, okay, well, this is my next point. Cody hating is fucking boring. Okay? Way too easy. Low-hanging fruit. Okay. Can, can I counterpoint that with most Cody matches are really boring? That's also not true. <laughs> This is patently <laughs> false. Like, I could point out, like, at least five to seven matches that featured Cody Rhodes over the last, like, two to three years that people, like, almost universally enjoy. Including literally one of the best wrestling matches of all time. Okay, all right, all right. Calm down. <laughs> but, I mean, this is, a, like, of course I'm animated about it, but, like, it's, like, an important thing to point out. Like, it's easy to hate Cody, but, it, it like, yes, what are it you is. Doing? And you need to realize that it is easy to hate Cody. <laughs> It's too easy. I think it's more fun and also more interesting to to defend Cody and like to do it with like what are actually true things. Like Cody does have good matches. Cody is entertaining. Cody is part of things that have entertained you, whether you you claim to like him or not. Cody creates, and here's one of the best things I can say about Cody is he creates about the same like level of like love hate reaction as John Cena at this point. Maybe not to the same amount. Yeah, that, of, okay, that that I'll agree with. Similar. That I'll agree with. And you know what? That's about the best thing you can say about if people are comparing you to John Cena in almost any way, you've had a successful wrestling career. Period. You know, I, I just know that I, I was there when he was getting he, he was getting the fuck boot out of him in Long Beach against Okada. Right. So you know, well, of course he's going to get booed. Uh, he, he's the bad guy in that match. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
<laughs> right. It's wrestling. Why are we all working ourselves into a shoot? It's wrestling. You're supposed to be mad at one guy. You got to be mad at somebody. You have to hate people. If you like everybody, why are we here? Jabroni marks. The whole point of this entire medium is conflict. <laughs> Speaking of conflict, we go to a promo with Miro where he has basically just, he just buried Kip and Penelope. In, good. In this. this was good. It was good. It was just like, holy shit. He's actually burying Kip and Penelope. And he's like, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, I, I'm moving on, motherfuckers. And this worked. Uh, this was a nice clean break. and something that a lot of us were looking forward to, to advance this storyline for the sakes of everybody involved, um, especially Miro, which obviously we're seeing him break away is going to be better. But I think this will ultimately be good for Kip and Penelope as well, who the, the thing that they were doing pre-Miro was like working in, on its level. I thought it, it fit nicely onto the show. We then go to our fourth match of the evening. Uh, Chris Jericho versus... Dax Harwood of the Pinnacle and FTR with Mike Tyson as the special ringside enforcer. Uh, this was what it was. It was Chris Jericho against a tag team specialist, and it was it was good in spots. It was basically a schmoz like I think we knew it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's all I got. That's all I got. The enforcer spot specifically was very good. Um... I, it looked to me like Cash maybe like took an actual punch to the jaw, possibly. Uh, it's possible. Jeez, yeah, like looked... either it was a really, really good working punch, or Tyson caught him a little bit. Or he got rocked. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, it is very interesting because uh, Dash Wilder famously threw one of the most uh, famous shoot punches in wrestling in the last couple of years. Oh, I missed this. Uh, when he was in WWE as Dash Wilder, uh, the night at the Hall of Fame when a, a fan bum-rushed Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. Okay. So well, that was actually yeah. the same weekend, I think, or, or or the same year he did the AEW title stuff, right? I, whatever. But, yeah, so, he, so a fan bum-rushes Bret Hart, and then they're all carrying him out, and a bunch of wrestlers are carrying the guy out, and uh, Cash just, like, sneaks up and just uppercuts this dude right in the face as he was getting carried yeah well i was at i was at madison square garden when that happened ah yes yeah, so uh, i was, was watching was new, I, yeah i was yeah i was watching new japan while you know i was uh, watching the that's right yeah i was there too yeah hey, so. that was during g1 Supercard. yeah, yeah. And, and, and then that stupid you know run in with uh with, with those two fucks that we're not gonna yeah. even spend any time so on. funny story about that after the show as i was getting a cab to go to uh spring break mm-hmm. um some guy was on outside trying to hand out free Enzo shirts and people were saying no. Oh my God. He was literally trying to give them away and people were like, no. And I was like, yeah, you can take that and throw it in the fucking garbage guy. Get out of my fucking face. And I was kind of drunk. So like I was feeling really confrontational. So I was like, <laughs> fuck, get out of my face guy. Fuck, fuck you and your stupid Enzo shirt. Eat uh, shit. Chris Jericho <laughs> gets the win on Dax Harwood with a Judas effect. And then uh, names Mike Tyson as an ancillary member of the inner circle. Which, uh, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, welcome. welcome to the inner circle. Sure thing. Uh, I will say Tyson's, Tyson's tattoos as of late, uh, pretty cool. I'll give him that. We then go to Alex Marvez trying to get a word with the Follett Club. As uh, now, here, here's the thing that I, I, I held on to. The Follett Club. He the says. Oh yes, that's right. Uh, the now, Blanks Club. Say what? The Blanks Club. The Blanks Club. <laughs> Wow. The uh, the less lethal tactics club. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Jesus. The rubber bullets club. Yeah. 
Okay, so we live in a time. I mean, where... they probably feel the same way about protesters as rubber bullets do. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh boy! Oh god! <laughs> Jesus! You you, 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 you pick that week. You pick this week to make that joke, huh? Well, timely. We, uh, we're, we're nothing if not timely on this podcast. Okay, so here, here's my question: We we live in a time. At least I didn't make the Ryback that Art that Ryback just tried to make. Holy oh. shit! Yeah, let's not talk about that. For Ugh. fuck's sake, fuck, fuck him. I try. I try to de- like. I really try to be an apologist for Ryback, but he's just so dumb. <laughs> he's not even malicious. He's just really dumb. Anyway. So we, we live in a time in professional wrestling where people know about the new world order and, 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 th- and the, the four horsemen and, and things like that, you know, dominant heel stables, right? Like right. It, everybody knows it. They, they reference him constantly on programming. So even, even yeah. if they're not in the native promotion. So here's my question. Why do the baby faces never figure just all band together and beat the fuck out of them one time and, and kick their asses out so you're not welcome here? Why don't because they ever do that? It's a selfish business. It's uh, that's the whole point. Again, the point of the medium is conflict. That ties back into what we were talking about earlier. Cooperation isn't interesting. Conflict is. That's the whole point of this like exercise, right? Like wrestling exists to dramatize like the very real conflict of combat sports. Okay, so. Do, do so like if everybody just got along well, what would be the point of the show i'm not saying that they have to get along but they can ally themselves temporarily to get rid of a bigger problem which which does happen occasionally and is always doomed to fail which another you know classic story arc in wrestling well yeah it's doomed to fail because especially when you keep booking you know the the uber dominant heel stable as being un, completely unstoppable and they never get their comeuppance the comeuppance always happens. I mean, I don't think that's necessary. I don't, it's well, way too, oh, that's not true at all. Truths. That is not true at all. The NWO never got their comeuppance. I mean, the, the show went out of business, so I would say that they absolutely got their comeuppance. Well, <laughs> okay, when you look at it that way, perhaps. They literally, but... they got about the biggest comeuppance you can imagine. People stopped watching the fucking show. Well, right. And again, because it's not interesting when there's no more conflict. So people stopped watching. But it wasn't, okay, no, there was plenty of conflict. It was just confusing as fuck <laughs> after a certain point. Yeah, it's, it's not interesting when, like, the, the only conflict was happening backstage and the most interesting with times were when they accidentally talked about it on the show. Anyway, so the, the point is that, you know, when people see this as going on, how come, I, I'm just wondering, hey, just this once, why don't we all just, you know, beat the fuck out of them, kick their asses out, and then we'll go back to our conflicts. You know, I mean, you could, but again, because it's less interesting for that to happen. I don't know. You know, it's I, like just, asking like why, like there's so many movies or like TV shows where like something could have happened in the very first episode that could have just like stopped the whole thing. And like, why did like, well, yeah, but that couldn't have happened. Cause well, then yeah, the of show. course, because then you don't have a show. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. And I get that. But That's the answer to your question, Jeff, because this is a TV show. Well, yeah, you could make that argument. Uh, in any event, Don Callis, of course, it's a very bad super kick on the cameraman, you know, because you know, tough guy. The, that the Don is. Callis super kick was fun. That that I did pop for that. I, I enjoyed that. We then go to a Thunder Rosa promo where she is, uh, she's going to be gunning for the NWA Women's World Title again. Yeah, apparently, and good. So, and good. Good. Let's do it. We then get our fifth match of the evening. In which uh, Chris Statlander versus, here we go, Amber Nova. 
Okay, oh, let, boy. Let, let, let's get the pauses out of the way first. Uh, yes, licensed music rules, and I love hearing the Pixies. <laughs> and, it, it, and it works for Stat. It really works well for Stat, too. It, it, it fits her. Some people said that uh, it even fit her character better than it does Orange Cassidy. And I don't know necessarily that, but I think it's good that all the best friends are just going to use it. Yeah. But go ahead. That's um, That's a, 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 also, um, Jim Ross had an actual good line out of this when when Chris Antlander was coming out saying that the you know saying that the uh the Andromeda Galaxy is near Muskogee. <laughs> I kind of got <laughs> chuckled a little bit at that one. That's pretty good. So. Lovely this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> or so as, uh, Amber Nova. Like uh, um Tiger's uh radio caller uh was it Dan Dickerson used to say or Paul Woods or one of those guys uh used to say, anytime someone mentioned a, a place he would say nice area. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice area. Uh, so, Amber Nova. Amber Nova is um, adjacent to one Chase and Rance from Team Pedophile Dojo. Who, who uh, we mentioned last week, by the way. We, yeah, we, we yeah. did mention her. And, uh, yeah. and so that's so that's great. Uh, so, you know, best case scenario, she like they used to date and then she doesn't anymore and she's away from them. Worst case scenario, she's the Ghislaine Maxwell of wrestling. So cool. Yeah, awesome. It's a, a really, really good good thing. Good thing this was pretty much a squash. Yeah. And we... we, we Stats we'll, back, great. Amarnova, don't come back. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, I will say this, another positive. Two women's matches on the show. Oh, wow. You, you Two whole women's matches. You, Can you, you believe it? Well, uh, it's better than the one and sometimes none that we that we get on occasion. Okay. I mean, these are facts. That's just correct facts. I mean, how many times have we ha- have we made the joke about the women's segment of the program? Yeah, sometimes it's which one, with which <laughs> segment. What do you mean? But you know, it's uh, yeah. So now, yeah, two. You know what? Two women's matches. I'll take that. That 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 is on on, on the main show. Yeah, that's definite. And, you know, we talked about the momentum of the division earlier, and, you know, hopefully this is another indicator of the positive momentum. And, you know, there were also non-wrestling segments dedicated to the women's division as, as well. So, uh, you know, a, a much larger portion of, the, of this show d- uh, dedicated to women than uh, some more in the past. Yes. Uh, now, is it still enough? No. Given the size of the, the roster? Yet, no. But, but we're getting somewhere. Let's keep moving it. Let's keep moving it forward. Yeah. Let's keep, yeah, keep trending keep, in this direction. Yeah, keep keep going this way. Uh we then get uh Team Taz talking some talking some Christian Cage, uh with uh Taz saying that Ricky Starks and Brian Cage are too combustible to try to convince uh or Christian Cage to, to come over Just to too Team emotional. Taz. You know, you gotta you gotta be like level headed and even keeled. Yeah, like Taz. Like Taz. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be calm and normal and even level-headed and just never uh, uh, too animated or too emotional. Like, 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 like Taz. Like, like the guy who calls himself the Path of Rage. <laughs> <laughs> like a guy whose whole career was known for being the maddest guy. The, the, the most miserable son of a yeah, bitch on the like planet. like the literally angriest man in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. It's a good bit, though. It's a good bit, like, telling them that they're too pissed off. Oh, my goodness. It's a, no. it's good stuff. No, this Team I... Taz angle, like, the, the dissension within Team Taz is being uh, uh, presented and paced really well, I think. We're not going too fast with this. We're not going too slow. It's chugging along just the right pace. 
yeah, no, so far so good. Um, it, it, it is going to come to a head, of, of course. And I, I can't have, wait. That's has to. really satisfying. Uh, we then get Christian Cage out in the ring, and uh, Taz wants his answer right now, and he says no. And comes out, he says, "Hey, Jeff, knock, knock." <laughs> Jeff, you, you're Jeff. Oh, knock, right. knock. Who's there? An interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Who? <laughs> yeah. I've That's told that Taz's promo every week. Yeah, I, I've I've told that joke to my kids uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> through the years. I think I, I think once they hit their teen, yeah, I think what they the hits, man. I think once they Sometimes hit their teen years, the they were tired of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Christian Cage denies joining Team Taz, and uh, Team Taz beats the shit out of him. So we can't gloss over Taz saying, "Here's the deal, shitbag." <laughs> yeah. Great line. <laughs> and, and and backstage, you know, Dustin is just weeping because <laughs> he can't oh. say shit on TV. But everybody everybody else can, but he can't. The day that Chuck says shit on the show, it, like we got it, we got you know at this point, wait for full crowds. Yeah, <laughs> the pop he gets when he says shit live is gonna be really substantial. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Uh, from this, we have Christian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs next week on on Dynamite, a, 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 an absolutely stacked Dynamite show. There's there's one thing that you know I was hoping for during the beatdown is that that uh, our boy Hook would get involved. He did not. They are really holding Hook back uh, from the fans uh, who are going to be clamoring for him by the time he finally uh, gets into some real action. Clamoring, huh? Yes. Okay. I mean, um, I, I mean, he looks at the bit. I mean, he looked pretty ripped. So, yeah, I think Taz is going to be a star. Hook Taz and Lil Taz <laughs> is, uh, is going to be a star. Hook Taz, yeah, that is one of my favorite. Uh, yeah, credit that, that is a good name, Hook Taz. Uh, so yeah, next week's show. Uh, well, actually, wait. Let, let's uh, hold off on that because I forgot that's going to spoil this. Ne- this next bit, our main event of the evening. Uh, in which Darby Allen takes on Matt Hardy to defend the TNT Championship in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, we knew this was going to end up in a schmoz, and this was actually a f- very fun little brawl that they had. Yeah, it was really, you know, for these type of matches that can vary, especially with how many moving parts it had, can be very bloated. I thought this was a very efficient match with its use of time and, uh, you know, the different spots and the things that were done. There wasn't a lot of wasted movement. Uh, it was really well executed. Matt Hardy looked great. You know, I think this is, you know, his lane. Like, these are the type of matches he can do, you know, best now. Uh, Darby is just a star, man. Darby's, uh, like, what a talent he is, huh? Like, really great in this one. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime he gets a main event, he looks every bit of a main event player. Uh, yeah, and again, we had, you know, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky uh, sort of getting involved, and then uh, he stopped by Lance Archer, of all people. I, you know what? I love this Lance Archer and Sting stuff. I think this is going to be a really good rivalry for Sting yeah. and for Lance Archer. It'll, you know, do the, what it's supposed to do, and that's, you know, get Lance Archer over, but while also giving us what is, again, best use for Sting, you know, against a big man that he can have, like, a more striking-based kind of match with. He won't be asked to do the, you know, heavy lifting literally and figuratively. That right. can be Archer. I think we're going to get a really good match out of that. Uh, but yeah, the Har- Hardy family office, uh, St- Steve Stinger, the Dark Order, all getting involved. Uh, of course, 
Darby Allen does retain with an, an insane coffin drop off of the beautiful uh, off of the set rafters. And, and another testament to Darby Allen here. Really great improvisation after he lands the coffin drop. The table uh, legs didn't go down, so you know Matt's shoulders obviously not down. He thought really quickly to make it really natural, rolling Matt off the table and going around the table and then uh, uh, landing the pin without it looking too you know forced or unnatural or out of place. Right. Uh, just like really good adjustment that you see out of a guy who really gets it. Uh, with that, Darby Allen retains the TNT Championship. And to close episode 75 of AEW Dynamite. Uh, next week looks pretty stacked. Yeah, on paper, we have ourselves a, a, a heck of a card with the aforementioned women's championship match being your likely main event. And I'm very much looking forward to that one. Uh, we also have a TNT championship match between Darby Allen and uh, Jungle Boy. Yes, which I talked to, to you about this. Uh, I guess I'll say this before the episode airs. I'd be surprised, but not shocked, if Jungle Boy won this match. Hmm. Surprised, but not shocked, and here's why. Uh, this match that he just had with Matt can make a great blow-off to his run as champion. Uh, but, you know, he had a really awesome match there, a really fun one. He's got a lot of stuff, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he can do beyond having the belt. And, uh, you know, the ratings are going up right now. Uh AEW pulled in well over a million viewers for this episode, and it looks like they're going to keep trending that way to do a big TV title change to a, a person that, you know, you're really high on, like Jack Perry, uh, you know, I think is a move that is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I just, part of me just doesn't see it happening, but I mean, I, I could, okay, well, well, we have it on, on tape. I do, still, I do still consider it unlikely. Yes. Uh, but... I don't think it's totally out of the question. Okay, fair. Okay. And that, so so watch out for that. Watch out for it because I don't, I mean, I'm almost certain that Ty Conti's not winning the title from Hikaru Shida. Yeah, which, so, which sucks, but. Which does suck, but also it's fine because it's not her time yet. Ty Conti does not need a belt right now. She absolutely, she has plenty of time. Uh, uh, it's totally okay to, to, to take your time with Ty Conti. She's going to get a really fun championship match. And hopefully it'll lead to, you know, either Britt Baker getting her opportunity or maybe some more Abaddon before that. I think Britt Baker wins the title somewhere around double or nothing. If I were guessing right now. Yeah, so that, would, that would make spend, sense. Uh, I think uh, will be really interesting. And just enjoy the rest of the Hikaru Shida run because she's had a really good one. Um, we also next week we'll have uh, Trent Beretta versus Penta El Cerro Miedo. Ooh, that one's really fun. That one's I like be that good. Yeah, anything to further this angle. And I also would like to see if we get somebody, again, we talked about this, but someone to counter uh, Chris Statlander. I would love it to be Thunder Rosa, but there's a lot of options there. Now, um, one thing I want to say about this being a pre-taped show is that we had two title matches on this show. Who yeah. saw that? Who saw that one coming? I, I did not, but hey, you gotta you gotta get them in there somehow. Yeah, I mean, it, it was especially one that they did not have, you know, d a direct competition with. Yeah, you know, so. but you know, this now you know you have more eyes on your product, so you, it's a good time to do it. Yeah, they want to retain that extra viewership because it does seem like more NXT watchers tuned into AEW on Wednesday than AEW watchers tuned into NXT on Tuesday. That's my. Get, I don't think there's any hard data on that, but that seems to be what I'm picking up. Well, we can definitely say that NXT did not break a million on Tuesday. No, no, they did not. Wait, but wait, they did and that's coming, and that's coming off of 
you know, that's coming off of a takeover and a WrestleMania week. Yes. So, hmm. Interesting. I mean, yeah, can, they, can you read anything into that? Super positively from Tuesday to Wednesday. Yeah, I can read into it. They just, they have a viewership and it's not rising because people don't really give a shit about WWE except for their existing fans. Okay. And that's the way you see it. Huh? Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at TV and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thickflare. All C's, no K's. This podcast can be followed on Twitter at BGTD Podcast. That's B-G-T-D, like boom goes the dynamite. BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Uh, check out our homies at the Bookie's Basement and watch out for maybe me and Harris doing something again. FFRF Pod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. Twitter, that, like I just said redundantly. Uh, my personal Twitter, at GDWessel, 2S is 1L. Um, I'm not going to be doing anything else this week, and uh, I just have to say, um, there's not going to be a strong style story, at least until around the time of Russell Grand Slam in mid-May. Because right. I think... Such a cool name. It, it is. It's a cool concept, honestly. But, yeah, I really... um, Yeah, I... Chris and I just kind of decided we really just don't want to do a podcast because uh, New Japan creatively right now. I mean, this is a nothing. The, the Don Taku cycle is a nothing tour uh, right now. It really is. Well, fortunately, people that love to hear your dulcet tones can tune in every Saturday right here. Boom goes the dynamite until we're back on Wednesdays. Either way, either day, listen to this podcast. That was some good poetry there. I do my yes. best. But, you know, the, 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 the more serious point is that we, we've been down this road before where we're doing podcasts about a period of New Japan where it's not very fun. And right. uh, we all we, we, that, and that would have been, you know, the second half of 2018. And uh, we knew, very nearly didn't come out the other side of it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah look, the, the point of doing these podcasts is to have fun and to, you know, interact with, uh, with, with these mediums that we like and enjoy. And if you're not liking it or enjoying it or if it's exhausting in any way, why fucking do it? Who cares? Yeah, so we're just getting paid for this shit. Yeah, like, I mean, we're not gonna, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not ending the show, but it, it, we're just taking a tour off. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, we we could we could do it just this once. You know, absolutely. So anyway, that, I mean, I'm still doing the blog every, nearly every day, so you can just find that strong style story at tumblr.com. Right on. Paul, any last words? You know, uh, no, sorry. Okay, cool. We'll see you next week. <laughs>